Hello and welcome to another edition of Play Me or Fade Me. And thank you for joining us as always. Well, if you thought I was excited for week zero, oh boy, I am really excited for week number one here. I think when it's all said and done, I was just going through my list. I may have 35 to 40 bets this week. You can call me crazy. That's okay. Don't forget I'm the same guy that in every college basketball conference tournament game bet the first half under. I like to do crazy things. I'm going to enjoy it. I will share every pick with you. You can laugh at me, roll your eyes. We'll see how I do. But on this podcast today, I'm just going to give you my top four plays for this week. Last week, my top four plays went three and one. The lone loser was UTEP. I added on three losers as my add-on games. Don't want to talk about that. Hope to do a little better with the add-ons this week. But uh, on my top four plays, I have one underdog, three favorites, I'm going to start with the game that I locked in on the podcast yesterday, and that's the Utah Utes minus the six and a half against Florida. And the reason why I locked it in at six and a half, of course, it's one of those key numbers. I was trying to avoid seven. I saw some movement in the market that led me to believe that maybe there was some news on Cam Rising that was ready to break, or maybe there were some thoughts that he for sure was going to be at 100% or for sure good to go. So I wanted to get the number before it moved to seven. Now, a day later, the market appears to have stabilized. It's kind of locked in at six and a half. I jumped the gun, probably didn't need to make the play when I did yesterday, but I'm still going to play it at this point anyway at the six and a half. I love revenge rematch type spots, and that's what this bet is all about to me. Utah lost a heartbreaker in the swamp last year. It was Billy Napier's debut. Final score was 29 to 26. They got intercepted at the goal line in the closing seconds. They were on the doorstep of victory. They thought they had victory. It slipped away from them, and that's been a rallying cry, of course, here in the offseason. Utah has 16 starters back, maybe 15 if Rising doesn't go. They've won back-to-back Pac-12 championships. This is a legit top 10 type of team. They're at home, tough place to play. Florida, on the other hand, well, number one, Anthony Richardson is not going to bail out the Gators this time at quarterback. He's playing for the Indianapolis Colts. Billy Napier only has 11 starters back total in total, and no one in Florida made a comment to me that he doesn't think the Florida defense could stop me on my way to Dairy Queen to get an ice cream cone. So with that being said, the Gators are going to give up some points regardless of who's at quarterback for Utah. In this revenge spot, I'm going to lay the six and a half with the Utes against Florida, so that's pick number one. My strongest play actually this week is UTSA minus the one at Houston. You know I love to say beep, beep, and talk about the Roadrunners. I actually put a poll out this week talking about the top revenge rematch spot of who was most likely to win, and the UTSA fans came out of the woodwork. This is a passionate fan base. I got DMs all over the place. They want this football game. I had to look a few things up. San Antonio and Houston, only, what, 200 miles apart. You got the big school now, Houston in the Big 12. So UTSA's got a little chip on their shoulder. And then the rematch revenge spot. Houston won this game in three overtimes last year. That stings. That burns. UTSA, this program's only been around since 2011. So this is not only the game of the year. It's the game of the decade and the game of the century for this program. And I'm not dramatizing it based on what the fan base is telling me. They want this game and they want it bad. Houston, on the other hand, they only have five starters back in offense. They lost eight of their top nine tacklers from a year ago. 
UTSA, the 13th most experienced team in all of college football. They have 16 starters back, including, get this, a seventh-year quarterback. You don't see too many of those. They went 11-3 last year, so say it with me. Say it all night long on Saturday. Beep, beep. I love the Roadrunners minus the one. Next up, it's North Carolina minus the two and a half against South Carolina. This is on a neutral site. In Charlotte, I know a lot of Spencer Rattler fans out there are saying this is South Carolina's game. They will score against that North Carolina defense. But in the words of Lee Corso, not so fast. I'll lay the points here. Shane Beamer is doing a great job at South Carolina. He far exceeded expectations last year with an 8-5 and five record, pulling some very nice upsets. But with that said, it could be a long night for the Gamecock defense. They only have four starters back on D. And they're going up against a North Carolina offense that has nine starters back, a Heisman-level quarterback, a Hall of Fame coach. They actually have eight starters back in defense, and that D may be improving just a little bit. Add in the fact North Carolina has some motivation here. They've lost seven of the last nine games to the Gamecocks, including the Dukes-Mayo Bowl at this stadium back in 2021. So it's a revenge spot. And so I'm going to take an experienced offense in North Carolina over an inexperienced defense for South Carolina. Two and a half, yeah, it's maybe a trap. You can say that, but I'm all about it then. I can be with the public here. I'm going to take the Tar Heels of North Carolina minus the two and a half over the Gamecocks of South Carolina. And then just not to make sure that I play all favorites this week, I'm going to give you an underdog. It's going to be Toledo plus the nine and a half at Illinois. So Brent Bielma has done a tremendous job at Illinois. But this was a major scheduling mistake to play Toledo to open the season. Illinois ranks 116th on Phil Steele's experience chart. They'll have a new quarterback. They need to replace the second leading rusher in program history. And they lost a ton of talent on defense. Meanwhile, Toledo, well, they're ready for takeoff. They have a ninth-year head coach. The team has averaged 31.3 points per game last year. They have eight starters back in offense, including their quarterback. On defense, they were actually good in the MAC. They only gave up 21.8 points per game. So nine and a half for Illinois' offense, that might be too much to begin with. But then when you factor in the offensive explosiveness that Toledo has and a nine and a half being set up for a backdoor cover, I can be down 14 in the final five minutes. Backdoor them, lose by seven, and call it a day. I'm going to play the Rockets of Toledo plus the nine and a half over Illinois. So let's recap my top four picks in college football for week number one. I'm on the Utes of Utah minus the six and a half over Florida. I'm on UTSA. Say it with me. Beep, beep. Minus the one at Houston. I'm on North Carolina minus the two and a half over South Carolina. And I'm on Toledo, the Rockets, plus the nine and a half at Illinois. So that's my week one card for college football. As always, manage that bankroll. Don't chase money. Have fun. And let's cash some tickets together. Good luck, everyone. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.